Hello and welcome back to your favorite podcast, De-Influenced. I just had a spinach feta egg wrap. Wait, actually, is there egg in that from Starbucks? And do we think it's real egg? No, because have you ever (laughs) seen it? It's like the, it's like, it's like prison egg. (laughs) What does that mean? Prison egg? It's just like, like a, it's like a a flab. It's like a flop of egg. Yeah, it's like, because like surely they're not like, scrambling some eggs in the back no, of Starbucks. No, Remember they just put it in the little oven thing. That's so gross if you really think about it. If you think about all of our foods, all of our processed foods. But the thing about that spinach feta wrap is it makes me feel the healthiest when I, I eat know, it. I know, but it has an aioli on it. Did you know that? It's like a mayonnaise aioli. Ugh. Been, ugh, ugh. You'll never eat it again. I think it's a mayonnaise aioli, I assume. I don't think so. Mm. Yeah, you're right. It is. I don't want to talk about it. I actually could vomit just thinking about it. I have a mayophobia. <laughs> actually, a funny story. When I was asked to like homecoming my freshman year of high school. Here Re- we go. Back to the high school story, Danny. Read Plushé. <laughs> Um, no, he went to, my first boyfriend actually went to like an all boys private school. Read. Yeah. yeah. We met at a Kanye West concert and we started grinding on the first first time we ever met. Wow. <laughs> and he really couldn't let you go. He even his, uh. Literally, physically couldn't let me go. His, uh, what's this called? Um, all of his friends came over to our house. You ever told that story? Oh, Yeah. Okay, so my first boyfriend ever, Reed Ploche, he was actually a really good looking dude and I was in like my most awkward phase. So I was like kind of a lucky gal at the time. But I think it's because like fifteen, but I think it's because he went to an all boys school. So they didn't ever yeah. have any girls. He didn't get out much. <laughs> he didn't get out much. <laughs> so I was like, like I'm like there with my braces and I'm like, what, like what all boys school did you go to? Uh, St. Mark's. Uh, so. Uh, royalty. <laughs> yeah. So we met at a Kanye West concert. Actually, you know what's funny about this concert? If I'm not mistaken, it was Rihanna and Kanye. Yeah. Yeah. And then John Mayer. Did that ever happen? I think it mm. was like those three on tour together or something. Maybe. That sounds like something John Mayer would do. Yeah, yeah. Old John Mayer. Yeah, exactly. New John Mayer's reformed. Absolutely. Up in Montana. So, um, anyway, he was my my boyfriend my freshman year, and we dated for like a year. You know, I was just like never really in love, but great guy, great guy. So I I broke up with him after prom, literally the night of prom. Um, because to be honest, I was always, I've always had the mentality, like if I'm going to have a boyfriend, like I want to marry them, even when I was 15. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to date someone that I'm not going to marry. And I just knew I wasn't going to marry him. I was, it was very mature. Yeah. Well, you, you like have so much going on that like, you're like, I don't need no man. Like I'm just, I'm busy. Like, and if like, I'm, this doesn't have a purpose for long term. Yeah. Need like it. it's not, yeah, this is, I was like, I would rather just like us move on and not waste each other's time. Very mature for a 15 year old. If you really mature. think about it. Um, so anyway, yeah, we broke up when I was like 16 literally never spoke again and then like two years ago I get this like email and it's like hey Danny just following up and I'm like who's following up so I click on it and this is like random guy let's just say his name is Michael and he was following up from two years ago when he had emailed me when I was in college and this is like a weird fact about me and my boyfriends all my boyfriends 
every single one of them have written me songs. That's true. Me too. You did too. <laughs> it is so weird. And not only, not only have they written me songs, they have performed them for me. And they have recorded them. Jordan actually didn't do this. But my other I two. I recorded mine. You did? Yeah, we talked about this on SoundCloud somewhere. That's right. I can't find it though. Um, that's right. Okay, so. If anyone can find A-B mixtapes, that was the name of my uh, solo act. Oh, gosh. So both. So my first boyfriend, he writes me this song and puts it on a CD. And, you know, back then, that's like you had to like burn CDs to like share music and stuff. We didn't have like the iPads and yeah. stuff. And um, so like always so sweet, but like his friends had emailed me while I was in college because they heard about it and they wanted to make fun of him. So they asked me, They he was like trying to connect with me when I was in college. I never saw the email. So two years later, after I'm out of college, he's like, hey, Danny, just following up, Reed is getting married and we're taking him on his bachelor trip and we want to play the song, Can We Have It? And I'm like, I reply, I'm like, ha this is so funny. Like, I have to be a part of this. And so um, they actually come over. And so funny, I still had the same car that I drove when I was 15 years old named Rodrigo Lado. Half of that was inspired by Reed Ploche. Sorry, I shouldn't say his last name. Sorry. Reed, because he, he was. Um, He's a good guy. Yeah, he was half, what, like French? Is that French? Ploche. Yeah, it sounds, sounds pretty French. Yeah, so I did Rodrigo for Hispanic because I was Hispanic and then Lido for like half half French. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, so his friends come over and I I cannot believe it, but I still had the CD in my, my white car that I drove when I was 15 because I had never gotten a new car. So they were able to take the CD and, and play, play it at, at the a bachelor, bachelor party. party. And he probably was shook. Yeah, well, it was so long ago. Like, I know, I think he probably was so, it was so funny for him. He's like, how did you it find It was probably 11 years later, if you think about it, because I was probably like 26 whenever they reached out, and he wrote me that when I was 15. That's such a, that's, those are good friends. That's yeah. like a great inside yeah. joke. Really, really funny. So You know what's so funny about both of us is that I also was someone who didn't like to date unless we were going to get married. I know that, but because you told me on our first date that you wanted to marry me. I think I was like growing up, I was very much like a um, hopeless romantic. No, it's like the young life culture too. It's yeah, like was, the Christian I never, culture. I was never in young life though. This is like high school. So let me tell you something. I probably only had like three girlfriends and they were like long-term yeah, girlfriends. Sam. So, you know, we went to um, the state fair recently. We took Stella. Yeah, who was that girl we ran into? Okay, I'm glad that you asked. And I was shocked that you didn't ask when, when oh, she came Oh, I didn't, up. actually. You never asked. I was like, do you have any idea the significance of this moment? I knew that you were really into it because you're like, because you, usually you see people that you've known from your past and you're like, you're like, Danny, let's go right. They're over there. I don't want to see them. I don't. But this girl, you were like, Danny, come meet her. Like, yeah. And y'all were, t you talked and talked and talked. And I was like. Okay, this is like, you're going to have to follow me on the story. Okay. What was her name? Elizabeth. Yeah, we ran into a girl named Elizabeth at the state fair. Okay, so the the significance of the state fair for me is actually, do you know it's actually cursed for me? Did you date Elizabeth? No, I never dated Elizabeth. Um, but I'll tell you why it's ironic that I ran into her in a second. Do you know that the state fair is cursed for me? And do you know why it's cursed for me? I think it's cursed for anybody that grew up in Texas. Like, that's where all of the 
crap goes down with your boyfriend girlfriend same wait really yeah are you kidding oh, I me i thought this was just me no honey i thought everyone got to have like a great time no i was like i i wore eyeliner for the first time at the state fair because my friend sarah gardner put it on me and i was gonna meet a guy there and he saw me and said literally told me that i looked scary and then wow yeah i was devastated no, no, no. i don't think it's for everyone danny because all Growing up, I would see everyone so happy with their girlfriends or their boyfriends at the state fair. Yeah. And I was always like, why isn't that for me? Like all I really wanted growing up was to, to, to have a steady girlfriend who wanted to be with me at the fair to ride the Ferris wheel. And let me tell you why the state fair is cursed for me. It really is when I walk in. I mean, now I'm okay because like I'm married with kids. But like the first couple <laughs> years, like when we were dating and we went to Texas OU, like I was actually truly concerned that we would break up at the state fair. That's how deep this like PTSD oh goes. Oh my gosh. So the first year, my girlfriend was Kendall Moore, okay? And Kendall Moore, um, she <clears throat> found this guy, his name was Jerry Kinsler, okay? And <laughs> he was- just dropping all the names. He was a skateboarder. And oh, see, skateboarding was like a big thing for our generation. Yeah. Like we all had a skateboard phase. Right. Well, a skateboarder phase, like going after a skateboarder. Cause no, I wasn't like, a skateboarder. No, like we pretended to be like, I bought the Etnies, I'd wear Hurley shirts. I bought a skateboard. I was skateboarding in my neighborhood. Yeah, it's pretty weird. I don't know any girls that did that. <laughs> what? No, up. that was like a phase for like girls in my, in my, in my school. It, well, I wasn't alone. I knew no skateboarding girls. That's okay. Rockwell versus Richardson, I guess. Um, <laughs> but anyway, okay. So Kendall, a couple days prior had told me that she liked me again. So we had like broken up. She was like kind of dating Jerry. And then, so I go into the state fair thinking like, this is going to be it. Like I'm going to meet up with her. Like we're going to have our moment, our Ferris yeah. wheel moment. We're going to kiss on the Ferris wheel. And all of our friends are together. No tongue, of course, just kiss. <laughs> all of our friends are, get, are together and we hop into a, um, a Ferris wheel cart. There's probably like six of us. And I'm like, this is the moment that mm -hmm. like Kendall's going to tell everyone that she's like wanting to come back to yeah. me. And her and Jerry just start making out. And In front I like, of you? Yeah, and I couldn't get over it the entire uh, fair time. It was very PTSD. Second year, and this is ties into Elizabeth. There were more stories. There were act this happened like six times in a row. I believe fair it. Fair day. Um, but the most significant one was I had a girlfriend, Alex, in high school, and she was like two years older. So it was like Whoa. that was like my my Your my trope my, my peak trophy girlfriend. And um we had kind of like, she went to the school across town. And so we were like, kind of like having issues. She was about to go to college, all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, it gets worse. So the two nights before I, we had talked and we were like, yeah, like we love each other. Like we're going to get married, like all this stuff. And I'm like totally bought in. I'm like, okay, I'll like see you at the fair day of the fair. She tells me she's not going. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, man, that sucks. Like, should I go? Yeah. But I end up going with some friends. And it's like a movie. I like see her through the crowd. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Alex came. And I run up and then suddenly as the crowd starts dispersing, <laughs> I like look down at her hand and she's holding hands <gasps> with this other guy. Who is it? Taylor Lewis. <laughs> Taylor. No, hold on. Hold on. That's not even the cliff note. She's holding hands with this guy, Taylor Lewis. Tall guy, played poker for money. In high school? Was two years older than her, so four uh, years older than me. He's in college. And suddenly, I I am so hurt in this moment that I walk up to Alex and I go, hey, I go, what are you doing? We talked two nights ago. And then all of a sudden, his friends, 
like get in front of Alex and like get in my face and are like, hey, like the better man won, it looks like. <laughs> and I, I swear, I'm not making this up. And Alex, like, it's like in slow-mo, she like turns turns away and just like walks away. And this Taylor guy like looks back at me and is like, like does a head nod. And I'm just like my friend Garen, who was like my like bodyguard, he was like pretty big. He was just like, dude, you want to do anything? And I was like, so <laughs> distraught. And I like, you know, that anxiety, like hurt, mm. it, like the middle school hurt. Yeah. Where you, it's like, you can't eat and drink and like, you can't even like function. That was me all day at the fair. And I was like, F the fair. So, okay. Mm. So we go with our kids. Yeah. So we, not 10, what? 12 so years 12 later. 12 years later. 12 years later. I'm sitting here. I'm like, man, I've had a lot of bad memories here. And through the crowd, I see Elizabeth. Okay. Okay, who's Elizabeth? Okay. How does she have to do Elizabeth with any of this? was just in our friend group, okay? She was okay. just in our friend group growing up. She was like an ally to me. She wasn't friends with <laughs> Taylor or anything. And I'm talking to her. I'm like, Elizabeth, that's why I was so happy to see her because like we have so many memories of like our friend group growing up. And I was like, oh my gosh, like how's this? Do you keep in touch with anyone? And and I was like, oh, so like are you married? Are you dating? She's like, I'm, I'm dating someone. And I go, oh, who are you dating? And she goes, Taylor Lewis. <laughs> and I go, you were there. I go, you're kidding. <laughs> and I was like, did you not know that they were dating? No. Cause he was kind of random. Like, and so like, like I was like, you're kidding me. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, huh. did she know the story? Yeah. That's why she said to me, she goes, yeah, I know it was like really hard. He wants, he wants you to know that he wasn't trying to big time you back then. I go, no, he absolutely was. I was like, is he still playing poker? And she was like, yeah, he still plays poker. <laughs> I'm sure he's a great guy now, now, but like, wow, we should have him on the crazy? podcast. No, I don't revisit my path. That's why I avoid people from my past because I don't look backwards. I look forwards. Yeah. But sometimes you have to look backwards mm. to heal some wounds. Well, that, it sounds like Taylor <laughs> made a huge impact in your no, life. No, honestly, like it's all good. Like I'm happily married. I want the best for everyone else. I forgive <laughs> all of them, but it's just like the irony of the These Texas, are life-changing moments. Of the no, they really are. Like if you ask what are the most like defining moments? You're like it's my breakup with Taylor Kendall, Lewis at the fair. My breakup with Kendall Moore in 8th grade, my breakup with Alex Johnson in 10th grade, and probably my breakup with Brooke later. Yeah. It's just like because it it I feel like I had such low self-esteem growing up. Yeah. And I like wanted this like fairy tale of like the nice guys, the girl. nice guys don't finish last, you know? And it was like, you wanted the girl to make you feel important. Totally. Yeah. They to pull you out of that and to make you like the cool guy. Yeah, exactly. That's what you wanted with your person too. The quarterback guy. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of. Yeah. A little bit, you know, but so the, man, the Texas state fair, yeah. So now we're doing like a company like retreat on Friday and little FOMO or little uh, no, PTSD. I'm like, I'm not going. I'm like, why would I go to this thing? We had a good time at the fair though. Yeah. It's so funny. Like I didn't even ask about that because I'm honestly like, I figured honestly, I was shocked you didn't ask. well, I, I figured y'all had like dated in high school, but I'm also like so secure in our relationship. that I'm like, I really don't care. Like no. I, I won. No, it was, it was such a better story than us dating. It was like, I win by <laughs> that's how I feel too. Like sometimes, uh, uh, like your college friends or whatever. I yeah. think early on in our relationship, I'd have been like, who's that? You know, but yeah. like now I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, whatever. it's like, whatever. <laughs> um, Good times, good times. What else has been go what else has been going on? Well, I still am just I still replay the day that we met Post Malone. <laughs> I I like love him. He's a sweet baby. He's a sweet baby. Like a big sweet baby. With a big sweet soul. 
Yeah. And just a big sweet man. Yeah. Um, I I always like Post Malone because I I really do like his music. It's so good. Um, but you know sometimes I worry about him. I see like videos and stuff on my Instagram yeah, where I feel that. Um, you know, and who know like you you never really know what's what's going on with someone's life. But I always kind of I, I assume it has to be so hard to go on tour and go from city to city. It's probably very lonely, even though you obviously have thousands hundreds of thousands of people cheering you on throughout your tour yeah but you know after that you go back you rest you get back in the bus and you go to your next spot you sleep for a couple of days and you just do it all over again and it has to be very hard and very lonely so I, I feel for for him in that way um but he showed up it was funny so we got an email like the night before and it was like hey Danny do you want to go to Post Malone is launching a Raising Canes in Dallas and it's a collaboration with the Cowboys and he designed this Raising Canes and the funny thing was the day before I got my hair highlighted and it's it was like the salon talk like all people could talk about at the salon was how Post Malone was opening this Raising Canes so um it was like super last minute is one of those things where like I probably would have like thought about it before but because everybody was talking about it, i was like yeah we have to go let's do it so we just like dove right in yeah. and we showed up and we were there all day long. <laughs> okay like we were there and here's the thing i um so i was like i was doing like a partnership with raising canes but all i had to do was like one or two stories okay but i was like if we're going we have to get a reel with post Malone. like you can't not right well we pull up and like, I'm not like the only influencer there. I'm not like the only, there's no special, I mean, we did get to go inside with media, but besides that, there was a ton of media. So there's not like a lot of special treatment or anything, like every man on their own, you know? So <laughs> while we're inside waiting with media, there's like these three kids that come up and they like obviously just look like cool kids. You know, they're like in their young 20s, maybe 22, 23 years old, but they got like face tats and tatted everywhere. And they're like, this girl's in a crop top. And I'm like, these, I don't know who these people are, but they're TikTokers. <laughs> like, they are 100% like, TikTokers. Like these are, like what's that F boy? Huh? You know F boy like the 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 trend on. Um, oh yeah yeah. Have you ever heard of? Okay, so if y'all don't know what F boys are, it's like the same thing for like when my generation they were called like emo. Wait wait, I think you're thinking of e boys. Oh, are they e boys? Yeah, F boys like like a. No, I like think it F, is. I think it's e boys, baby. That a derogatory term. Sorry. Well, F boys like what? Uh, I. <sighs> no, call Jenny. What? Call Jenny. I'm serious. I think it's called F boys. Okay. We do this a lot. Honestly, these are fun segments when we have to phone a friend. Because we're just not young enough for cool. Wait, is Jenny the coolest person that we know? <laughs> no, she would know. She would know. She would know. Okay. Nikki might actually know too. This is why it's not nice to have young younger people on your team. I know. We're, we're starting to age Let me out. ask her. What? Hey, Jenny, you're on the podcast, so don't say anything bad. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. So, you know, on TikTok, like the trend where the boys dress and they have like little earrings and they were like all black don't they call them f boys i'm trying to think there's another it's e boys i don't think it's f boys i think it's like oh e boys it's e boys so i just had the wrong letter yes. i was i was one letter off <laughs> yeah. and f boys like like a no like, i know what an f boy is it's like an f boy like you know you f him <laughs> no that's not even what it is oh, it's like it? an f boys like a like a like a slutty I know, that's boy. what I'm saying. Yeah, they just sleep with everyone. Yeah. They F around. 
Yeah, they yes. ever have. They yes. ever have. Thank you, Jenny. Are we sure there's, I'm just, I was convinced it was, there was an F boy, but maybe just Google it, text us back if, if I was right. Yeah, I'm like 99.9% sure it's E-boy. Okay, thank you for keeping this cool. Okay, bye. Okay, so anyway, some E-boys come in. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> so stupid. Stupid. <laughs> okay, you go. I was literally one letter off. It's like you're like a bunch of f boys walked in, <laughs> and she had like her little crop top, and they had like their face tats, and they were just f boys. <laughs> you're like a mom of two. <laughs> no, it's it's like when my brother, well, I I was telling Landon because my brother went to like a private school. I was telling Landon about how we had like emo kids at my school, and he goes, "We don't have any emus at our school." <laughs> Because he was so sheltered, <laughs> and they had to wear uniforms. This they had to wear uniforms, and like he went to like, oh my god, that's so funny. He's like, we don't have any emus at our school. <laughs> emus. <laughs> anyway, okay. So we were hanging out with the e boys. Oh, this is actually crazy. So we're sitting there, and one of them's name ended up being um, who's the guy? Jaden. Jaden Hostler. Hostler, yes. And um. The next day, so he, I started talking to him. He's telling me how he just got out of rehab. He's been um, totally, his best friend uh, died from a drug overdose like about a year ago. He went through a really hard time. He went to rehab. He's totally changing his life and how he he signed with Travis Barker's uh, uh, label. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's like, now like my new music has so much more purpose. It's a lot more like pop. It's light. It's like, he's like, I'm not trying to be somebody that I'm not. The next day. I look on Justin Bieber's Instagram. They're hanging out. Justin Bieber, Bieber and Jade. And like, meanwhile, I'm sitting with Jade. And I'm like, what's your name again? I'm like, type, type in your Instagram. So anyway, I met he him. He probably loved that though. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, a guy named Jimmy and then a girl named Meg. And they were all TikTokers. And um, so we talked a lot about like the differences with our audiences. And Yeah. Were they and, fascinated by? Oh, they like love. I was like, they love the mommy blogger crew. <laughs> They like, and I was like, guys, if you want some like loyal people, it's like the mommy bloggers. Yeah. The mommies are where it's at. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, hook us up with the mommies. <laughs> they're like, but you know, it's also really cute. They called, they said yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am to me, which I thought was really sweet. Well, so did Post. Yeah, but they were like that because Jaden's from Texas and he's like, that's, he's like, if I didn't say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, like I got slapped. <laughs> wow. So I always think that's really cool. But yeah, Post Malone was, um, so sweet he looked everyone in the eye if you asked for a picture he would he would say you know i really appreciate that you took a picture with me yeah. like a full sentence like that and he He's was good at that. and then we took one picture and i took a bite of like a french fry and i got like sauce all over my face because i was so nervous and i go oh i said post i'm sorry i'm so nervous i'm such a mess he goes hey you know what i'm a mess all the time you are not alone in that and i was like oh thank you <laughs> like i just like love you um so anyway it was a good day I just love him. I think that you guys, it's its one of those people that I think if you meet, whether he's famous or not, he would yeah. bless you just by his presence. Do you think he's happy? You know, he lives in Salt Lake City. He moved out to- He moved out there. He lives with his daughter out there. I don't know who his um, like baby mama is. Sorry, I don't know if that's like a bad term, but I don't think that they're married. And mm -hmm. I don't know who, who that is. Um, I think he's pretty secretive about it. I heard that it was maybe like his high school sweetheart, but I don't really know. Um, I think that he he apparently was really bullied growing up. 
I had some friends that are, were friends with him. Like the mm-hmm. girl that does my hair, one of the girls that does my hair, like knew him in high school. And he was extremely bullied, like yeah. really, really bullied. And um, so I think because he comes from like that kind of humble background, he never wants anyone to feel that way. So I think that he has like a lot of purpose with what he does. And I think that he makes, he knows that he changes a lot of people's lives, but I don't know if the pressure is too much for him. I don't know. I wonder if, um, if like moving to a salt lake or like John Mayer moved to what, like Montana mm-hmm. or something. I wonder if that like helps them with the pressure. Like, do you think that Zane John did that too from one direction? You've got to like, you have to have some type of escape from like the, the craziness. Like there's no you know way. What I always think about is <clears throat> it's so interesting because we look at celebrities and sometimes like, you know, I can feel really bad for a celebrity. Like I can, yeah. I can like see them being bombarded with like photos or people, you know, wanting to be around them or using them or whatever it is. But then I look at all the other celebrities out there that are so private and so secretive and you never know where they are. And they're living completely, you know, separate lives away from Los Angeles. And, and sometimes I just feel like people get like addicted to the game and addicted to um, the fame. And so they put themselves in these like bad environments where, you know, it, it really does wear on your mental health. And I think that there are very few but some that are wise enough to discern that. And those are the ones that move away. Yeah. I think that there's people that like can't, they're, they can't move away from it. Like they just like want more and more and more. But those are the ones who end up in scandals and kind of like, you know, they end up as a wreck because we're not designed for that. Yeah. No one's designed to be worshiped like that. Yeah. So, you know, you look at people like, like Bradley Cooper, where is he? Right yeah, well, like, what's he doing right what's now? What's he doing? I don't know, but I can tell you exactly what Haley Bieber and Justin Bieber are doing right now. Right. Um, I can tell you what Taylor Swift is doing right now. She's holding hands with Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Do you think that John Mayer, like, took a career hit by moving to Montana? One million trillion percent. And that's why I think it's, like, so addicting because it's, like, there's always opportunity for these celebrities to do more and show up more and go to, like, another event or another photo shoot or another promotion or another event, whatever it is. And I think it's, it's really hard to like step away, but there's like, think about If you think about Russell Crowe, what's he doing? What's he doing? You don't know. Cause he's probably out there protecting his mental health, trying to live the most normal life that he can. And it's like, yeah, Salt Lake City doesn't just like swarming with paparazzi like LA and New York is. So they know, they know where they need to go, but just sometimes they don't go. What do you mean? Like they know they know that they need to get out of these environments, but oh, they don't. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I feel like uh, a lot of people can just like nitpick at these celebrities, but I, I kind of like, like you said, I feel like we have seen, we're like adjacent to it all, but like we've seen enough of it to be like, man, that's just like really hard. Yeah. Like when Post is sad, I'm like, I, I like feel like I understand the nuance of why he's sad. Sometimes I feel like for the celebrities, even though maybe they have more resources, it's harder for them to get out of, out of their issues. Well, I think the, 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 the hamster wheel or the treadmill like gets so large and like so many people are dependent on it that to get out of it, you feel like you're probably letting so many people down. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like, I mean, think about when Justin Bieber had to cancel his concerts or Morgan Wallen. Yeah. I mean, that's like thousands of people. And so you just I, I push honestly, and push and push and push. And you're like, I, I couldn't cancel Nashville. And that was like, 
I don't know, 300, 400 people. Like I, I can't imagine. I know. It's so hard. You you can't imagine. I feel like you're kind of like going through a similar season. Yeah. On a much smaller scale, but feelings are feelings. So they're probably all that. No, that's, yeah, that's (laughs) not what I'm saying is like one scale is bigger than the other. But like you, I think the reason that you empathize is because you're like going through this literally yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how these celebrities like prioritize what's important in their lives. We can move on to talking about Travis Kelsey if you want, but how's your heart? Oh, it's good. I feel like you guys would be very proud of me. Okay. I had a lot of important things I was supposed to do this week that I've canceled. Wow. One of them is like an important dinner I was supposed to go to tonight. Um, But instead I'm trying to meet up with like a mentor, you know, just like stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to take care of myself like in that way. Yeah. Or um, I like didn't have my team come over today. Um, which I know it sounds like a small thing, but it's like, like yeah. a big thing. Um, just like little things. I don't know, little small steps. Like I've really tried to look at my calendar and think, okay, okay. So this is actually helpful. I was talking to my friend Janelle about this and I was telling her last night about how I have a hard time saying no to things because I'm such like an opportunist where some of the greatest things that have happened in my life have been because I said yes to something that I didn't even know something amazing was going to come out of it. Cause I go to a lot of things and I'm just like, okay, that was good. Yeah. But I'd say yes to some things where I'm just like, wow, that, that changed my life. And, um, so it makes me want to say yes to everything and go a hundred percent for everything. And I don't know how to say no. And, um, you know, we, we talk to like different mentors and we look at, uh, all these numbers and analytics and you put pressure on yourself to do better. Let's just say, I'm just making this up. You know, we did, you do this for Q2. Okay. Well, Q3, like it needs mm-hmm. to be, you need to grow and you do this. And I, I, it, that growth becomes like a religion to me where it's like every day, whether it's Divi or whether it's, uh, you know, an Instagram post or a brand deal or whatever it is, an event. Like, it's like, to me, the next one has to be bigger and better. And that becomes like my religion. Like I'm like obsessed with it, you know? And I think I'm like chasing this thing. I'm like, if that's better than the one that we just did or the one, the brand deal I did before, and this is bigger and better, I'm going to feel so much better about myself. And then I get it. And then I feel nothing. Like when I made the Forbes lists, I made it for the second year in a row. Um, and then I made the Forbes fashion list. When I tell you that I felt nothing inside, <laughs> I got yeah, nothing. I felt nothing. Is you, that, you, you jumped 20 spots too. <laughs> could not feel a thing. Like there was nothing in me that was like, you did it, Danny. Let's yeah. celebrate. This is so exciting. In fact, I was like, oh. I honestly more so felt overwhelmed because I was like, oh. I have to do this again next year. Like, how am I going to keep on this list for next year? Mm -hmm. Like, I just honestly feel like more anxiety whenever something like that happens. So anyway, we were playing out all these scenarios and I was like, but Jenna, like if I don't do this, then I might not make the Forbes list next year. Or if I don't do this, then we might not have a better Q3 than Q2. Or if I don't, um, if I don't show up to this event, then, you know, maybe my friends will be mad at me. And she's like, okay, so then if then, if so, then what? Like, if Mm -hmm. so, then what? Then what happens? And I was like, well, if I don't make the Forbes list, then, 
you know, like people probably won't think that like I'm legit anymore and I'm like dying off and then I'm maybe not relevant anymore. Okay. So then what? Well, then I'm going to like maybe lose some brand deals and then like I won't be able to afford my house. Like I don't know, I'm just being extreme. Like, you know, and then like nobody's yeah. going to like me or whatever. Okay. So then what? And then you get, you keep going back until the last thing points you to the Lord. So you mm -hmm. just keep on going and then what? And then what? And then what? Till you get to the point where like, okay, well then I'm going to have to find my identity, identity in the Lord and not my next brand deal. Yeah. So it was like a good practice of just like going through these things and saying no to them and saying, okay, like what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. I, I, I totally, no, I mean, it's super, I think that's like a really good exercise for everyone. I, uh, I think for, for me, when we were striving, we were newly married at the time. Right. And it's like, we were a team and it was like, we were going after these things together, but probably sometime like last year, year and a half. Like, I think that that's when like my burnout set in, it was kind of like, what is the cost of striving for more? You know, and the cost became, especially after we had kids, the cost became so much higher than like what it was like actually worth. And then also like, I think that this happens to a lot of people who come into success, like the, the peaks of like a win or like a trophy or an award or something, they just kind of like lose their luster to where you feel nothing. Yeah. And then you have to like hit this bigger grandiose goal to, to feel it again and to feel it again. And so it's like, I think a lot of people end up 60 or 70 years old. They've worked their whole life. Like Warren Buffett, even like, did you know that he's like a really bad dad? I don't know. He's a really bad dad. Like he's like, he was not great to his kids. He, um, like separated from his wife. Like he achieved all of these things because he probably like loved it, but at the expense of everything else. And so you end up in this place where eventually you're probably going to realize it. Oh my gosh, like none of this actually mattered. And so I think like the sooner that you realize it, like the better, but I also don't think that the, the answer is to just like give up completely either to just be like, okay, not worth it anymore. So it's just balance. I don't know. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, for me personally goes back to like self-esteem because I don't think that I try to achieve these things for anything. Like, I think I've already kind of realized that, that like, you know, money or possessions or materialistic things are like not going to make me happy. So I'm like, I'm kind of like over that. It's like, maybe this will make me feel good about myself. And then I'm realizing like, no, it probably won't. Do you think that people would be surprised that you have a low self-esteem? Oh. What do you think? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do you feel like you do a pretty good job of like hiding the fact that you don't have a good self-esteem? Yeah. Pretty yeah. good at that. <laughs> I think a lot of some would say a pro. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a lot of celebrities like are really good at hiding it. Yeah. Like really, really good at hiding it. Like or using busyness to distract from like facing their own inner demons, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm good at that too. Some would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say publicly on the record that I'm very proud of you. Thank you. And I feel like you're on a, a journey and a path that's like similar to Jaden. It's like, you know, it it's going to bring a new purpose to everything that you do. The more that you lean into figuring it out. Yeah. Hopefully I'll just still think I'm cool. <laughs>
I think that what you're going to be shocked by is a lot of the loops in your head were so no. silly in the first place. Yeah. Speaking of which, this is perfect timing. Dude, just sling it. This episode of D-Influence is brought to you by BetterHelp. I'm so excited to bring on BetterHelp as a sponsor because Jordan and I are both believers in the power of therapy. <laughs> as much as I sometimes dread it because it's hard, I think of it as exercising, which I also sometimes dread sometimes, but I feel so much better after well, I don't want to do it sometimes. I know I should, and I always feel great once I'm done. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, which allows you to go to therapy from the comfort of your home. When we started podcasting, I was adamant on having the studio in my house because I knew it would help me feel more comfortable chatting knowing I was in my own space. This is similar. You can just hop on while at home in your comfy clothing and feel safe and comfortable while talking from your home. It is de designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash deinfluence today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash deinfluenced. One of the hardest things as a parent is finding products that you can feel good about giving to your child. Another hard thing is making sure they are getting all the nutrients that they need, especially when they aren't big fans of greens. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise, filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk growing kids should never eat. That's why Haya was created the pediatrician-approved super-powered chewable vitamin. While most children's vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar and can contribute to a variety of health issues, Haya is made with zero sugar, yet it tastes great and is perfect for picky eaters. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste they love. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. Stella and Stratton love their Haya vitamins. The first order comes with cute stickers. So Stella, of course, spent a ton of time decorating the bottle with all the fun stickers. Haya is a great brand that you can trust. So we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. That's, that's right, 50% off. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash deinfluenced. Moving on, should we do our Q&A for today? I did ask people if they wanted to ask us some questions. Yeah, but can I ask you something? I had this idea um, and I want to run it by you. Okay. Okay. It's like simple, small, easy. So you know how I love ChatGPT? Mm -hmm. Okay. So next year, um, one of my big 2024 goals is I want to read the whole Bible in a year. Okay. But I want to do it alongside ChatGPT because like if I'm reading... Um, Samuel, for example, like I want to understand, <laughs> You're like, I don't really get what's going on. Yeah. I want to understand the historical context. Like I want to understand, you know, who, when are these other characters referenced in different parts of the Bible? How does this connect to like a prophecy that was like fulfilled, et cetera. Right. Um, and so I want to do it with ChatGPT. but the more that I thought about it, um, I've run this by a lot of people, especially at the Nashville event. Um, a lot of ministry folks at the Nashville mm, event. Yeah. Um, they loved it. Um, they said that half of Christianity is like AI is the devil. It's a demon. Uh, and then the other half is like, yeah, it's like a great tool. Like it helps me. That's I'm, what they said about social media. Too. Yeah. I'm obviously like the great tool. It's we should use it type of thing. Um, and if anyone steals this idea, I'm gonna be so pissed off. Um, <laughs> but um, I want to create an 
an app or like a web platform, because like if I was reading through the Bible, I would have to ask all of these specific questions. So I'd have to switch between my Bible and like ChatGPT. Yeah. So I want to create an app that's um, that basically is like a pastor co-pilot, like a Bible co-pilot mm -hmm. to where it's like as I'm reading through Genesis, it will populate through like AI, like all of the historical information. Like I can ask it specific questions, but yeah. it'll also like prompt <clears throat> things for me. Yeah, like refer to this or do, yeah. yeah. It, it would kind of be like, um, you know, I, I use this app called Glorify. Uh-huh. And it's like, um, you know, Calm, that app that like makes you meditate every day. Yeah. I was like, I'm not about that because like I'm not about meditating. Yeah. But Glorify is like the Christian version of that. And the only problem I have with Glorify is that it gives you like these daily devotionals, but it's like so surface. It's like yeah. really great for like new believers, but it's like not fascinating or interesting enough for me totally and so i want to create a more like in-depth glorify to where it's like every day you can read the bible through a year for a year with the help of like chat gbt to create a more like illustrated i view love of that the bible. you know what this is kind of reminding me of Wait, though but do you like the idea yeah i love it i feel like I, I don't know when you're gonna have time to do this but i love the I build it yeah um but you know i just want to remind you that there is something kind of similar called the bible project and it is, it's not, you know, AI. It's YouTube. Yeah, it's YouTube. But I will say, oh my gosh, it has saved me. So I've been going through this Bible study of um, Esther mm -hmm. with my friends. <laughs> with my friends. <laughs> I don't know why, why I said that. <laughs> with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and when I'm reading it, a lot of times I'm just like, I don't really know what I just read. And it's so cool because the Bible project has, you know, yes. they have these videos and illustrations that go with each book in the Bible. And so I, it's like almost like watching like a quick, like five minute movie recap of the whole situation. So then when I'm reading, like it all connects. It's like, I love the Bible project too. I met with those guys, but the problem with the Bible project, and I told this them to, to their face, because we were thinking about giving to the Bible project. And I was like, ah, like the reason I said no was like, I love you guys are such good content creators. They have like a whole studio, whole content yeah. house, but they're relying on YouTube for their distribution. And like, I don't, I don't even think this is conspiracy any, anymore. Like YouTube is definitely throttling their views because they're Christian based. Oh yeah. And so th I told them, I was like, y'all's biggest problem is not your content, it's your distribution. And I had a kind of controversial idea for them, but I don't think they'll ever do it. <laughs> do you want to share with the class? Do you think I should? I don't know what it was. I told them that they should go to the Daily Wire, which is like that pretty like right leaning conservative yeah. um, media platform. And I was like, they're because they just launched a project that's like for kids content. And I was like, but they don't they don't have good content creation. So they're looking to like license kids content. I said, you guys need to do a deal between the Bible Project and the Daily Wire mm. because they have a ton of like like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of users. And that would give the content that the Bible project is creating a better platform, you know, but then that might create controversy for the Bible project because then they're like making it a political thing, but it's a great idea. Do, did they agree that their views were being throttled? Yeah. Oh, okay. They still get a lot of views on their old video, but that that's been raked up over time. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, I think that, I think that they definitely agreed with me that I don't like, know. I feel like at a certain point it's like, you don't have to be worried about, the views it's just like about putting it out there right but like they no totally and like i think that within that they're they're great like it's, it's like people can find it it's not like if you look for it it's not gonna like show up like they have a channel yeah but i guess i'm just like 
why not reach as many people as you can? Yeah, I get it. So you like my idea, basically. Yeah, I like your idea. But genuinely, like, is it a good idea? Like, or is it like not good enough? No, I think I think it's a great idea. It's just like for me, it's a little overwhelming. Sounds a little complicated, but um, but that's the point is I would simplify it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, (laughs) Okay. I'm like okay, <laughs> sure. Okay, that's about as, uh, as much buy-in as I need. <laughs> I'm not against it. Okay, that's that's good. That's a that's always a great start. <laughs> yeah, I'm for you. Um, okay, are you ready for some Q and A? Let's do it. Jordan, do you drive in silence or do you listen to music no, or listen to a podcast? I listen to podcasts usually. If the kids are in the car, I'll listen to it, to it at two x speed. If it's just me, I'll listen to it at three x speed. Wait, why do you not listen at 3x speed around the children? I, I genuinely think about this a lot. I don't want to confuse their learning of English or Spanish. And you think that 2x speed is okay? Yeah. That's like pushing them to be smarter. 3x Can is you pull like, up your phone and play something at 3x speed so everyone knows what I have to deal with on a daily basis? I make him wear his headphones because my brain is going to explode. I'm like the person that listens to a podcast and I'm like, can we slow it down? Um, okay, here you go. This is two five. Let me put this to two. Like I am comprehending every single word of this. I I, I can't even, I, I have no idea what's going on. Okay. I don't even know what language they're speaking did you know let, I don't me, see, know if let I, me see if you can hang it to five no. no okay let's go down to two yeah yeah but it's just like not even enjoyable for me like i i want to just i want to zone out like when that's playing in the background i think of it as like white noise <laughs> But I can tell, like, I looked, look back in the back seat sometimes and Stratton's just like, you know, he's just hanging. But like Stella is like, like her eyes are wide and I can tell she's genuinely trying to understand. She's like, I didn't and know. I, this and is, I, I genuinely am like, I don't like, want to set her back developmentally by playing yeah, things at 3x speed. Or or 2x speed. Honestly, you should be listening to those podcasts around them. You should be putting on Pon Peen. <laughs> Which is a Spanish song on Spotify that she loves, or Juan Paco pa- Pedro de la Mar. That's what we play. Um, but yeah, that's. What that's do you listen to? Oh, but just really fast. The I have to tell 100. you something that I don't think that I don't listen to the top 100 anymore. How, how dare you? <laughs> I haven't listened to that in like months. <laughs> you used to be pretty mainstream. <laughs> I was. I was. She'd be like, oh my gosh. Have you heard this I'm like, new? have you heard of Sean Mendes? You heard Katy Perry? <laughs> <laughs> like, like really good music. Um, no, I actually don't think I've ever told you this before. Oh gosh. It was nothing bad. Okay. Um, but when I was in my, fr- my freshman year of college, did you know that I was diagnosed with an auditory processing disorder. No, why would yeah. you never tell me that? I went like, to like a specialist because I um, would sit in class and like try to listen to like the lectures in college and I could not remember anything in the lectures and I would have to 
write everything down that they would say, but then I wouldn't listen to what they're saying. And so the only way I could ever process it is if I wrote it down. So I don't know if you notice, like whenever I'm in meetings with brands or something, I always have tons of notes and I'm writing down the most random things. I wish some of your notes were in here. (laughs) We literally, I'll look at her paper and she'll be like, like someone's just telling a personal story about like a, a squash and Danny would be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, squash. And I'll like look at her notes and it's like squash smiley face. And I'm like, what are you going to do with that? Squash smiley face. <laughs> no, so I, um, it like really became a problem for me because the thing was is I would have to, uh, so I started recording all the lectures and then I would have to go home and then rewrite the lectures to process them or I'd have to go home and reread the entire textbook because basically going to class for me was just a waste of time is this freshman of college or freshman of high school college wow so i i was uh so i went to like an expert like on campus and um we read we did all these tests and like we ran all these tests and i wasn't like i didn't have any issues like with visual learning like i'm very good with like visual learning but basically when people spoke to me or like I had to listen to like a lecture or like a movie yeah. or something, um, like anything that they would say, it just went in one ear out the other. Like I couldn't process, I couldn't take the information and process it and then make it make sense because the, the just like the fact that I was like, I had to hear it first uh-huh. and then I had to like, it, it took too much time to process. By the time that I processed it, they would be like four sentences in and then I'm already behind. I really wish you would have told me this early in our marriage because do you understand <laughs> how much resentment I could have saved myself? Like, have I, do you know how many times when you were looking at your phone texting, I've tried to tell you something and it just is like, you're like, oh, you either give me the finger like one second or I can't I'm like, like double task. I'm like, I'm like, Danny, did you hear anything I just said? And you're like, I'm sorry, can you start over? And I'm like, I've been talking for two minutes. Yeah, but I didn't want people to treat me differently. uh, Well, okay, but you could have told your husband. (laughs) It's something that I kind of just like shoved down, but I actually um, ended up, it was so great because there's other people that have this problem too. And so um, the teachers are required to anyone that's like diagnosed with this disorder, (laughs) this issue. Um, they're required to give lecture notes too at the end of class. So, you know, like when you're in class, yeah. especially at a, a school like the University of Texas, I mean, you could have 300 people in your class, your class, right. like, you know, and the teacher just goes up and talks, 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 talks for like an hour and a half. And you're just sitting there like trying to type it all out. So whenever I was in class, I only had to listen and tried to process it. I didn't have to write it at the same time. And then afterwards, the teacher would hand me the notes. Like class. the slide deck or like actual notes? Sometimes it was it was mainly usually the slide deck. Yeah. Wow. But it, to yeah. be fair, just so people don't think you uh, skipped the system, didn't we all get the slide decks? It was like, it was, no, no, not everybody got the slide decks. It was like, like notes. Yeah. It was like everything that they had said. So, or they would let me like record the lectures, but right. I mean, I didn't skip the system. I mean, why, it's just why, like, uh, it's why, like dyslexia of the ears. <laughs> So sorry, like it's not my fault. <laughs> I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to like, like skip the system. Like, you, of the ears. you think I? You think I? I want to be this way. I would like to just be like every other kid in class. It's not like it's something I was proud of. <laughs> Did you? Um, why? Why even? Why even go to class? 
Well, do you remember you used to get um, oh, yeah, points yeah. for showing that's up? Right, that's right. But honestly, that's a good question. <laughs> because there were a lot of classes like towards the end of my my like my days at in college where I would just do the math and be like, how many days do I actually have to go to this to like even pass? Once I decided I wasn't going to physical therapy school, yeah. I was like, I'm just trying to get like a passing grade. And so like I would do the math and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, like I'm only going to like four classes this semester. So, so funny. That's great. I'm glad I, I mean, every, every podcast I learned something. You can ask new. my mom. No, I, I, no, babe, I believe you. You have dyslexia of the ears. Just, it's okay. <laughs> I, I now found a new way to support you in life. Um, okay. George, does Jordan still do real estate? <laughs> so silly. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, sure. I don't, I don't do anything in particular. Like I do the system. <laughs> like I run the. So you work the system. No, I run the, like the enterprise of our family, which is like Danny, Divi, real estate, stocks, like everything. Like our, I guess the best way to put it would be that I run our family office. So yes. Okay. What is something you found yourself pondering more than usual lately? Um, I would say like, um, how much of like the next like thing that we do is worth it, which I don't even know what it is like, but it's like, I'm just so content with where we're at. Like I, I like love spending time with our kids. Like I love, um, hanging out with you. Like I, when it comes to striving in success, like it just would have to fit into a different set of parameters than I ever, like I, I ever have had before. Yeah. So I think about that a lot. Like, like, okay, if like we're free now cause of like, you know, CEO starting, like what would, what would, ne what would next look like? And then I, it goes through like a series of pros and cons that is way different than when we were like newly married. Or when I was single. I get that. That's, That's nice. About what, what about you? Um, Something I ponder about lately. Mm -hmm. I have been pondering about all of those like inspirational quotes that people say to you that I actually don't believe. Okay. <laughs> what? Which one, which one in particular? Oh, there's so many quotes that people say where I'm just like. It's just like word salad. No, and they're beautiful in the moment. But I'm like, okay, you believe that for this this situation, but mm -hmm. like, you know, one of my least favorite quotes ever. Uh, I, there's no way I would guess this. <laughs> <laughs> or like things that people say is like, let your yeses be yes and let your noes be no. That is so annoying to me because I'm like, no. Like sometimes I'm gonna change my mind and that's okay. That's pretty triggering because I think I said that to you. Like it's ago. so annoying when people are like, well, you know what? Like you need to be like, you need to be that, that person that's like, let your yeses be yes. And I'm like, no, because life changes and like uh -huh. sometimes I'm going to say yes to something and then I'm going to have to say no last minute like or sometimes I'm going to say no to something and then be like you know what I actually do want to do that I'm like I think that's okay but what about like if that person is depending on you for the yes and then you have to change last minute or what if your no requires everyone else to scramble trust me I mean this is what I struggle with on a daily basis is like I think I let my yeses be yes and my noes be no too often I think 
Isn't that what everybody's been talking to me about? Is how I it's get, like, I get, okay, that's like a really interesting way of looking at it because basically what you're saying is like, hey, like I want to commit to this and so I'm going to say yes, but if my spirit and my soul is not there for it, like I might have to back out and say no. I think that those should be the exceptions, not the rule. Are we on the same page about that? Yeah. Okay, so in order to make those the exceptions... But that's just life. Like, that's always going to be the situation. There's always going to be maybe something that comes up. Like, you can say yes to a birthday party in two weeks, and then, like, your kid gets sick, and, like, you don't know. That's so aren't there going to be, like, a ton of exceptions? Yeah, those are, like, reasonable exceptions, but, like, I think that... I just think quotes like that are stupid. Like, it's like, yeah, just be a reliable person. And, okay. like, when you, like commit to something like try your best to make it but like you don't always have to have your yeses be yeses and your nose be nose like that's just so stupid okay but like the the core issue is not like okay you remember when you like went that one night you bought that new planner you told everyone about it and then you yeah, like I looked a bigger picture and you were like I oh i'm gonna say, be like yeah. really tired during this like you were able to like look bigger picture and be like okay based on the rhythm of i have this week yeah. two weeks before like i think that when when i personally say yes and yes and no is no it's like it's like looking at the big picture looking at like. the big picture and it's more of like a time management thing but yeah if you want to think the quote is stupid i can find <laughs> is there a, a more appropriate way to say it just like try your best to be a reliable person okay yeah <laughs> Damn, are you trying okay like, it's so like, funny i'm so like over quotes like that i'm so over like cultural norms i'm so over like just i'm so ugh. what's the why danny what what happened because i just feel like what's there's the so many what's like nuances for so many people and it's like not fair to just put this like fair this like general statement towards everyone in every situation and be like let your yeses be yes i feel like a lot of quotes like that or a lot of like sayings like that have been like manipulated against me used against me to make me like i don't know to like get me to do what they want me to do <laughs> they're controlling me <laughs> who is they <laughs> i can't tell you <laughs> no i have some people in mind but i'm not gonna say am i one of them because i definitely said that to you a week or two ago <laughs> no but you i mean maybe but you actually weren't the person i was thinking about oh okay yeah Okay. Um, <laughs> um, let me see. Do you want to pick it? Um, what's the last thing you Googled? Oh my gosh. Oh, um, like I should like, I Googled last night. You remember that show that your mom told us to watch that one time that was about like raising babies in oh, different yeah. cultures? Yeah. And like how like in Japan they like let their two year olds like run errands to the grocery store and yeah. like let them cross the street. I for the life of me could not figure out what that show was. And the best guess that I had was Google told me it was that show that movie Babies. So then I bought the movie Babies. Was <laughs> it not? And honestly, it like literally no words in this movie. It was just a bunch of babies <laughs> being raised in different cultures. And I watched it for an hour thinking like, okay, well, where's the toddler scene? I, all I wanted was to see how this... Have you ever seen that? This toddler did Ran errands. errands. Have yeah. you seen that before? Well, no, only that show that your mom told us I know, us but about. have you seen that scene before? 
Yes, your mom oh, starts, okay. and I wanted to watch the whole movie because, like, at the time, she was like, "You just have to watch this yeah. scene." But now that like Stella's like a toddler, I want to see. I wanted to see how other cultures raise toddlers. Yeah. And then I downloaded this freaking babies movie, and it's like ever- a bunch of breastfeeding, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Okay, that scene." Was that a baby that was like being raised in uh, Japan. Where, Japan? They do it in Japan. I was going to say it was like Tokyo, right? Yeah. Okay. So there was like a toddler. They trained their toddlers like three or four years old to run errands for them. So literally a three, it's like they're living in New York city. That's how the city, how Tokyo is kind yeah. of looks from that. I've never been there, but that's what it looks like from the outside. And there's like little four year old like hops on the elevator, like uses a stick to close to like press yeah. the button on the elevator because the button's too high, waits on the elevator, gets out, knows exactly where to go, waits at the stop sign, crosses the street with the crowd, mm-hmm. goes to the grocery store, pays for the groceries, walks back home. Like it is insane to watch this like three or four year old run errands. So after I halfway through this baby's movie, I realized that that wasn't what I was looking for, but it turns out they did a whole spinoff show on uh-huh. Netflix called Old Enough, where it's literally just episodes of these toddlers taking trips on errands in Japan, and you just watch the whole thing. I didn't watch it, but I also just want to argue this point. I wonder if some of these like Japanese families, like if they lived in New York City or Chicago, if or they would Dallas, do the same, if they would do the same thing, because Japan is very safe, like very low crime, yeah. like very clean. You know, I, know. I just wonder if I know in different environments like they would do the same thing i know that's a good question no i i think i think it's just how yeah i think they they're raised differently in different cultures like because then you saw like these other toddlers that were like going out and helping their parents like hunt because like yeah they needed to like put food on the table right and so yeah it's it's different cultures and i don't think that that would be a good idea in new york city (laughs) the one thing i did feel peace about in this baby show though is that like Babies, no matter where they're raised, babies are just babies. Like they just like cry and they like get frustrated. And it's like, mm, that's, the same, that's a word right there. It's babies same, are babies. No, no, but like what I mean by that is like, I think a lot of the times in America, like we get really in our own heads about like, like, is my child throwing a temper tantrum because I did something wrong? Or like, is should I have done something for no. my baby? No, babies are babies. Babies are babies. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this baby in like Nairobi is the same as like fighting with their sibling as Stella and Stratz like, are. Yep, yep. They're just a baby. <laughs> it's comforting to know that all babies are babies. All babies are just babies. <laughs> when you're feeling stressed out next time, mom, just remember, babies are babies. I, th- I honestly do think it's comforting. Yeah. Um. What is your biggest challenge in managing people slash employees? Um, wondering all the time if they're happy. <laughs> Are you happy here? Do you like me? Are we still good? Are you happy? I would actually like, I think I stress about it in a different way, but I would say the same. Yeah. I mean, you're like, you feel responsible for the happiness, but you're yeah. not. And that's something I'm also working through is like, you know, if they're like work is work. Yeah. Like work is always going to just be work. And it's like, and then there's personal life. And, and so I think the best thing that we can do is just set the the strict boundaries of like, this is work time and this is, but you know, you know, I love a good hang. Yeah. Like I'm such a hang hanger outer, like with your employees. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I love to chill. I'm like, so tell me what's going on. Like, but I try not to get too personal, you know, cause I've learned that like yeah. I have to like their employees. So, you know, talk about certain things, but don't go like, to you have to right. be professional still 
So, you know, I'm always trying to toe the line of like being, being buds, but then also being like there for them, but then also being like on schedule and doing my job. And so, yeah, sometimes I leave, I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're happy. That's definitely the hardest part. Yeah. And I would say too, is like when you have a team that kind of outgrows you and you have so many different personalities, like let's just say you get 20 girls in a room, like. Which you have it, Debbie. Yeah. Like there are going to be different personalities that some personalities are going to rub other personalities the wrong way. It's just part of the working environment. Luckily on my team, it's so small. I feel like it's a lot easier to avoid that type of tension. But like when you have 20 girls in the room, like, you know, there's going to be some drama. But honestly, I wouldn't say that Divi has like a lot of like work drama. It's not like like that. It's just that, you know, I just maintaining that culture of like, we do not gossip. Like when we have issues, we go directly to the source. Like we have and not allowing the culture to outgrow you to the point where like it sets like a toxic work culture, which I do not feel like we have that whatsoever. I think we have like some of the most amazing people, but I think like sometimes you can just, it's just hard. There's just different personalities and it's like, you have to spend so much time with these people. So, um, so that's something that always worries me is like being involved to an extent where I can always, um, like feel things out. Yeah. No, I mean, it's hard. Zero, zero to 10 at Divi was like zero employee zero to zero to 10 was like decently hard because it was like, it was very different than your team who has four people. Yeah. But like zero to 10, it's like you, you really want to hire people on the basis of skill, but then also mm. like the basis of, are they going to work well with the previous nine that yeah. we hired? And so that was really easy zero to 10. And the saying we used to always say at hiring Divi for Divi back then was like hire for the heart because you can train the hands, you know? And so it's like hiring more for a cultural bent because Mm -hmm. you want like a team is stronger than an individual. But going from 10 to 20, that's where we started having to hire like like skilled executives and that Mm -hmm. had to flip a little bit, you know, but we said no to a lot of people that may have been more qualified for their roles because we knew that they weren't going to fit into the cultural system that we had built. But once you go above 10, you lose control. Like you can do your best to hire people that like each other, but like, yeah, you'll just never know. Yeah. You can't please everyone. But I mean, one of like, we have a really great resource with our, with our HR. And so it's like, and I really love who like heads up our HR. So we always have that, that resource for them. Like if there ever is anything, um, but no, like we're honestly, like I'm genuinely saying this, like we're very, very blessed by our team and by the culture that, that we've created that I do feel like kind of trickles down from, from the top, to be honest. Yeah. You know, if I came in there and like, I was toxic and I was like, tell me all the juice and then I feel like it would just trickle on down to the rest of them. But like, for me, like I don't go there. I'm like, you know, if we're, if we're talking, we're keeping it positive and like real. And I'm like, if we have issues with someone, we go straight to them. And that's how I am in my everyday life too, you know? I don't like, yeah. So anyway. Um, when do you feel the most like yourself? Is it when or where? When do you feel the most like myself when I'm like at home in my PJs? <laughs> um, oh, do you pay for your parents' travel and trips when they go with you? Sometimes. Yeah, a lot of times. Or sometimes we'll pay for the hotel and they pay for flights. I think that like 
when it comes to, so back to the conversation of like, like is success worth it? I think you and I are both starting to feel like on the same page about this. Like the best thing about like having a little cushion from success is like being able to do things like that. Like I think a lot of the time our philosophy is like, Hey, like if we're working this hard and like, we can't all be together as a family in Chicago, like what's the point? Yeah. Like, I think that that is one of the most favorite parts. It's like, why not? Why not? Um, what's the big purchase that you guys made? We can't tell you, but we will tell you very soon. Yeah. Let's wait till it's a little further along. Yeah. But it happened already, but it's actually really big. Um, are you afraid that people will find out where you live and stalk you? (laughs) Probably like we should be more concerned. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not really much of a, well, this is so funny. It's like, I am a worrier, but I'm also not. Mm-hmm. You know? I think, yeah, like you worry about the appropriate things to worry about. Yeah, no, I don't really worry about stuff like that because, but like, I also feel like I don't worry about it because like our security, it's like, you don't want to F with us. Oh, you're talking about Dave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Can't he, tell you guys. He, he patrols 24-7. You I do not want to mess with Dave. You do not want to run into Dave. <laughs> Let me just tell you something. Also, like, I don't know if you noticed this about our house, but like, you walk up to our house, there's like a massive camera. And it's just like right there. Like, do you know, yeah. this is so crazy, y'all. Since we have moved here, we have not had one package stolen. We have not had like anything like weird like that. Because I honestly think it's like our our whole house is like glass. Like you cannot get away with anything. Yeah. And we have cameras literally everywhere. Also, this is Texas. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and don't even try and spin it because <laughs> I put no trespassing signs, which means that you see them because they're visible. And so if you break into our house and then try and say it's our fault, yeah. there were no trespassing signs. So you can't sue us. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I got to go because I have a meeting at 12 and it's 11.37. So we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple, all of the streaming platforms. We love y'all and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.